You're listening to The Patchwork Girl and Friends. I'm Kendra, and I love having interesting conversations with my friends about art, media, life, the universe, and everything. And that is what this podcast is all about. I guess you are my like once a year guest, Ray, (laughs) (laughs) since you're kind of busy and, um, so when when you're sick or on a break, then I get you. Is that how this works? <laughs> uh, I don't know. Like I feel like we've we've done more than just once a year. Like we had a couple last year. Okay, so okay, so more than more than once a year. But this is this is this year's one, and <laughs> <laughs> and we're gonna talk about an anime that you recommended to me, and I totally binge watched all of it, and it was amazing. And it is called Romantic Killer. Ray, can you tell people who have not seen Romantic Killer what this is about and why they should watch it? So Romantic Killer uh, is on Netflix. And it is an anime based off a webtoon uh, from Japan or a manga from Japan, uh, depending on how it is classified. And the premise is there is the main character, Anzu Hoshino, who loves chocolate video games and her cat more than life itself but the population of japan is dwindling and these mystical forces want to encourage japanese people to have more children in order to continue the population and so this magical wizard thing basically enters her life confiscates her three loves and forces her into this real life simulation in order to help her find romance and fall in love which she's like no I don't want this this is not my life this is not who I am and so what ensues are a series of hilarious encounters with these um, they call them ikemen and I don't know if I'm pronouncing that right but it's like the Japanese word for really really good looking guys and so she all of a sudden has all of these like ikemen in her life And she's just like trying to foil all of these forced romantic encounters of falling and landing on top of each other, running with toast in your mouth and tripping into the boy that you might end up dating. And all of these like cliched events from manga and anime culture in general. And so it's a hilarious series of her trying to thwart romance and kill it. Not only is it funny, I was really touched because I feel like the the further I got into this, the more I saw it as just a celebration of friendship and how just having strong friends in your life is really important and makes your life so much better. Yeah, that's so true. I really just love to see how they have developed the friendships, like female-female friendships, as well as male-female friendships. And some of them, even male-male friendships, are just, like, celebrating their encounters and their interactions with each other. We should definitely talk about some of the really cliché things. Because she she knows she's played dating sims, the main character. She's played these dating sims. She knows what's going to happen. And so she's, like, trying to stay at least one step ahead of the little wizard I'm going to mispronounce this. My apologies to anyone who knows Riri. I think it, it's because the Japanese have like the RL sound. It's kind of like like a cross between like Lily and Riri. So 
it sounds to me like she calls her Riri Chan or Riri, Riri. for short. Riri is the, yeah. the little wizard. And this little wizard character is so happy and enthusiastic and is like, you're going to find love and it's going to be so amazing. And Anzu is just like, no. I'm going to kill, yeah, kill the romance. And I, the part that got me so bad is uh, one of the first things that happens is she meets one of the, the handsome guys and his apartment mysteriously floods. So he has to stay at her house. So then she, she and she has to change. And so she's like, yep, I'm totally, he has to spend the night at my house. I'm totally killing the mood. And she just walks out and she has these really ridiculous cat pajamas that just have pictures of her cat all over them. And they look super dorky. And that just, and she's like, she says something like, you know, I dare any romance to happen while wearing these. (laughs) (laughs) it is it is true there's just so many times where she's like i'm not gonna dress up i'm not gonna look nice this is who i am and her hair is like a mess and she's wearing her glasses and he looks at her and he's like oh (laughs) like there's (laughs) no romantic feelings happening and riri is just like why would you do that let's talk about some of all of the different characters so anzu the main character you know she's into video games and chocolate and her cat and and her cat gets basically kidnapped by this wizard character and it's just really cute how she's so sad about her cat but in the background you just see pictures of her cat all over her wall and she's always wearing like jewelry that has cat paws on it or everything everything okay so it kind of goes into like the main tropes that you would see in anime and manga So the three main love interests that we meet over the course of the series are Kazuki, who's like the misunderstood, troubled past kind Mm -hmm. of character. Then we have Junta, who's her childhood friend character that she's known forever. And then there's Hijiri, the rich prince-like character who (laughs) is like, no one's ever done this to me before. No one's ever ignored me before and falls for Anzu's charms in that sense of like, I'm giving you my presence. Isn't this such a gift? Which I feel like the author did a really good job of just like simplifying those and being like, yep, those are the types of men I'm going to have in this franchise. What's so interesting is at the beginning, you're like, yeah, yeah. So there's this stereotypically good looking guy. And oh, yeah, now here's another and here's another. But you you actually do get to know them as people. And they're actually interesting, which surprised me, actually. (laughs) (laughs) I At one point, I did think that they would just like cycle out and cycle through. Like you'd be like, oh, she's rejected this one. And then there's gonna be another one. But like, they enter and they stay. And so it's like, it's interesting how having them like together changes the dynamics. Yeah. Cause at a certain point it's all three of them and her just hanging out together and doing things. <laughs> <laughs> and she's just like, friendship is great. <laughs> no romance. <laughs> I think too, we should mention that like this show also celebrates female friendships and how, 
uh, friendship in general, like in, especially in elementary and grade school, can be complicated and at mm. times it can be toxic as people are mm. figuring things out and there's jealousy and like as a teacher myself like I see it in my own students as well sometimes where like someone has something that another person doesn't have and they feel like their value is less because of that mm. and Anzu's character yeah she doesn't want romance and she is obsessed with her favorite three things. But as we learn more about her and see her history, we realize like she's always been a great friend and she's always supportive and trusting. And she doesn't jump to conclusions when it comes to friendship. Like she puts her friends first. And that's a really positive main character to see because at the beginning, it's like you get the idea that she doesn't, she might not have a lot of friends because all she yeah. does is play video games and you're like <laughs> again like this it's so interesting it's a whole bunch of people who on the surface I would think I would not care about any of them they're so stereotypical but then mm. yes when you find out like you find out there's this whole story about how Anzu and her best female friend some of the the troubles that her her friend Saki had had in school and how Anzu was always there for her and like protecting her and yeah, being just a really awesome friend. And then I just realized I love all of these characters except for maybe um, the rich guy. I don't remember how to pronounce his name. Hijiri. Hijiri. I don't really like he, I don't know. He, he, he needs he needs a bit he more growing. Yeah. He, he he's definitely like he was very much bratty in the first episode and he's still at times a brat, but like he's grown. I mean he got a part time job. He did. He he got a job and does really well at it. We should probably specify that we're not saying major spoilers. They're just like things that happen that we feel like don't really impact right. your viewing experience. So he got a job, not really a big spoiler, but it makes him a bit more human. I know you read a bunch of manga. I do not, nor do I even really watch a lot of rom-coms, but I was able to follow it. And they, in case, I guess you don't know the tropes, they have, like, they will cut to Anzu imagining what one of the dating sims she's played was like. And that will play out a situation so it kind of gives the audience an idea of what to expect. And I actually really like that because they had 3D animation and it looked it looked like a, t- a computer game or a, a video game. But at the same time, it also looked worse than... <laughs> right. <laughs> it was very... I felt like they were the comically perfect. Yes. Very Kind of like... I used to play The Sims when that was, like, big, like, when I was in high school. And it made me think of, like, The the Sims a little bit, but a little bit more, like, formless. So it was, like, there's no facial expression. It's very similar to, I recommended you a webtoon, like, in the summer. And in some ways, it's very similar to that webtoon. Um, I'm trying to remember exactly what it was called. Because all I can think right now is Romantic Killer. And I'm like, that's not the right one. I'm looking in our, our chat archives. 
<laughs> right? I'm like trying to do the same. I'm like, um, lethal, lethal romance. And I can put a link to that in the description if anyone wants to check it out, which you should because it's, yeah. it's good. I started watching Romantic Killer because I thought it might be similar to Lethal Romance. Because uh, Lethal Romance is a webtoon. Uh, so a different genre a little bit. The premise in that one is your two main characters come from contrasting genres. The male protagonist is from a romance and the female protagonist is from an action series. And so throughout the webtoon, the author has weaved in different genres and plays hard into their stereotypes and their like rules. So for instance, the male protagonist gets involved in a violent altercation with some gang members from like the martial arts realm, but he's a male romance protagonist. So he can't die because that's one of the rules in romance webtoons and romance uh, media like they can't die whereas the female protagonist is from a martial art and she is the female protagonist so she will always be the strongest one so no matter who comes up against her to battle her or go against her like she will be victorious and so at different times the artist and the author just like speaks straight up to the audience And I have like the screenshot I'm looking at right now where the male protagonist is standing and he's like surrounded by flowers and the sparkles that you see in romance, manhwa and manga. And there's a speech bubble that said, how are you still alive? And the narrator just just says like the leader or the male lead of romance comics or one of the rules of romance comics is that the male lead doesn't die. (laughs) And it's just ridiculous some of these images that there are. I was dying laughing. I actually have a lot of screenshots that I didn't send to anyone because I just found them hilarious the whole time. And there was like references to other manga and manhwa and webtoons. So there's a very popular scene of a martial arts person doing like a wheel of movement and it's used over and over again in different manga and manhwa and webtoon. And people like in the comments would just like post screenshots of like, the same sequence being done in different art styles in like 10 different works of like being like, wow, the artist really did their research and like made it really good to like reference all of these things. I think my favorite thing that I have, I haven't finished lethal romance yet, but the thing that made me laugh out loud was the main guy from the romance genre gets kidnapped by the martial arts girl her mortal enemy <laughs> and and then the mortal so it's this big hulking martial arts guy and one of the things that one of the superpowers that male leads in a romance uh story have is that people will trip and fall into his arms so the huge hulking martial art guy just like trips and falls into the guy's arms and then it it has you know the flowers and the sparkles <laughs> and that just cracked me up so much it was good i it was one of the few webtoons that i actually brought up with my students and said you should read this cuz it's hilarious i love it when authors can make fun of what they do and it's very clear that that author in addition to like the romantic killer author like they're having fun 
with the genres they're creating and they're not afraid to like make fun of like the stereotypes and the tropes and the characters that are just very much reoccurring and it's almost a commentary on what people consume and like why are we okay with this and like but we are okay with this so let's have fun with it well and again in the in romantic killer it's so interesting how how much I grew to care about these characters. No spoilers, but at some point, I, it's, it's, you're kind of curious of like, well, will, will she end up with any of these guys? And, and especially the, the first two she meets are really great guys. And, and you do actually feel for, um, for her childhood friend who's like always had a crush on her and she doesn't even remember who he is. <laughs> <laughs> like do I really know you are you just dropped here by the wizard like I I don't did he change your memories so that you'd be in my life like a lot of like I'm so sorry for your yourself and that's what's also interesting is she doesn't know and you as the audience are not sure how much is real like was there mm. really like a horrible hurricane that was like throwing trees through doors so that he couldn't you know, one of the guys couldn't leave her apartment (laughs) or, or is that the wizard? And then with her childhood friend, is he her childhood friend? Is he real? Or is he, does he have fake memories that were implanted by the wizard or is he real at all? That kind of thing. And it's, it's kind of interesting teasing out what you you get to know them and then you kind of don't want them to be fake because they're so endearing. Mm. And it does kind of go with that whole idea of society wants love, but like love for the sake of love or love for the sake of like authenticity. And mm. I think that's really kind of what Anzu is going against. Like, I don't think she's really opposed itself to love but she doesn't want to play by the the rules that the wizard has made like she wants it to be very much her choice when mm-hmm. something were to happen and so she's fighting against all of these romantic scenarios and doing her best to just keep things platonic because she doesn't want anyone to dictate what she does and how she does it and I also the, like how that never changes and she never, yeah. she never is like, oh, I don't know. I feel like in a lesser art form or I think it, if it had been American made, I wonder if it had, if it would be different and mm. it would be framed as in she needs to loosen up more and get in touch with her romantic side. And find, like, some middle ground or something. And it's like, no, there is never – she never gives an inch. (laughs) And I actually really like that about her. (laughs) Yeah, like, because she's also, like – she's at the beginning of high school, I think, at the the start of the series. Yeah, I think so. Uh, And, like, you do see that a lot in a lot of other media that – and this kind of ties to, like, I think other conversations we've had where it's, like, society itself seems very much pushing toward romance and that if you are not in a relationship you're broken 
and you're not valued. And the whole reason that you meet people is to find a partner and go through life with that partner. In some ways, this anime and the the original source material is kind of commenting on that of like, there's more to life than just romance. And we can celebrate the other relationships that we have in our life. And we can value those relationships. And I think that's a really powerful message considering a lot of other material that we encounter on a regular basis in social media or in like streaming services that romance is not the end all. And it's interesting, like this little community that gets built, there's in, you know, there's weird tensions and there's, there's tensions between all the guys because they, they all like her. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I feel like that's a tension worth exploring. I like the representation of having guy and girl friendships and they're, at least on her side, they're platonic. Mm-hmm. And and also having, because there's, there's also outside of the group, there's a friend to one of the guys and that, that I feel like that's a really healthy, cool bro guy friendship. But with the, I guess, the competing suitors, if you will, I think it's really interesting to see how they, there is tension between them, but they can still choose to be part of this group and be maybe not super close, but to be friends. Mm. And, And it's just shown that everyone kind of putting aside what they want is good for the friendships. Mm. So on that point too, like I think uh, like we've talked about like there's like the the three Ikemen, there's Anzu and her best girlfriend Saki, and then there's this riz- wizard um, Riri. But there are other characters that make this feel like a, f- a bit more of a fleshed out world. Like the series itself, what was it, twelve episodes? I think. Yeah. Um, it's, it's not that long. Um, each episode's about 20 to 30 minutes, I think. Uh, and you don't feel like it's flat with only these characters. Like, there's enough exploration to some of the other background characters from school, um, from, like, the workplace, like, that you encounter, that you don't feel like it's overly focused on just the development of her friendship and her relationships with these characters. It's very much like, it feels like you're just kind of sliding into her life, observing, and you get a good sense of what's happening in the lives of the other people around her. And I was really, again, surprised and touched that there's basically an entire episode devoted on, devoted to her friendship with her female friend. I I guess I wasn't expecting that again, since all the other episodes had been about her meeting these guys and then mm-hmm. you, and I I really liked that I really liked having this break and and talking about these two girls who just love each other and support each other yeah it, it's a romance anime in a way but it's also really much celebrating other things mm-hmm. yes so have you noticed a lot of these tropes in the the manga and manhua you've Read? Uh, well, when I was in high school, university, I read a lot more of they're kind of like slice of life because and then they're like for 
shoujo, like, so young girls, like, the high school age. Like, I don't read as many high school age anymore because I'm so much more removed from that age now. But I used to read a lot more of these high school-esque mangas. And it was very much like when she's talking about, I'm running and I'm late for school. Why did I say that? I feel like I should have toast in my mouth. Like, there was a point where I was like, yes, that is something that happens. I've read a few where a character is late for school, is running, might still have the breakfast in their hand, in their mouth, and they go around a corner and they bump into either the romantic interest or a very important character that would help develop that plot. So that is a very big trope that I was like, ha, I like how she's making fun of that. And she's calling it out of like, why would I be running with toast in my, in my mouth anyway? (laughs) Like you can't chew and run with toast in your mouth. That just doesn't work. And so there are a few things like that where uh, she's like, oh no, this is the perfect setup for something romantic. And it's, very much spot on to things that I have seen in other examples of the genre, yes. And now it's time for random recommendations. Well, I think that people should watch Romantic Killer so that Netflix feels motivated to try and make a season two because I would love more of Anzu in my life and her cat, Momohiki. Definitely on the wish list without giving any spoilery type things what would you want to see in season two i really just like her down to earth character and i'd like to see more normal things explored in terms of what they've already established yeah she's such a fun character i don't think i've ever seen a character like that again that doesn't necessarily change because you see her, you see her grow, and mm-hmm. I think she's so admirable because she has such strong convictions about what she likes and what she doesn't like, mm-hmm. and she also is very adaptable. She kind of realizes it's futile to resist some things, so she just <laughs> goes with the flow and plans. She's like, "Well, this is probably going to happen," and instead of like try, she tries to avoid it, but she more of plans for. She doesn't go in blind, I guess. I, I like yeah. her adaptability. She thinks ahead. And, like, part of that she attributes to, like, I've played so many video games. I'm really good like this. And I like that she does play to her strength in that way. You know that trope, uh, she's not like other girls? <laughs> yep. She's kind of like that, but not in a, not in a weird way. Yeah, I think usually the trope is like, she's not like other girls, as in she's maybe not as into makeup, or she's just nice to everyone. And like, that's true for Anzu. But like, her biggest thing is like, her interest, like in video games is kind of said, like to be abnormal, her obsession with her cat on top of that, and her (laughs) love of chocolate, like, it's not one thing. It's very much like, she knows what she likes mm-hmm. and she's not afraid to do it. And it doesn't matter your gender or anything really in relation to that. Like she'll like talk to you about it or not. Like, it's just like, this is what she likes. And again, also seeing a character that's not interested in romance, that doesn't really change. 
because I, I don't yeah. think I've ever seen that before. And it was really fun and refreshing. What would you like to see in season two if they made one? What they did a little bit with, with um, the first Aikimen that comes into her life. Kazuki. You get the idea he's really self-conscious about the way he looks. Being good-looking is not a benefit to him. And Mm. I think that's what made him endearing as a character. It's like, oh, this is an interesting problem to have. And Mm. so, um, so I guess what I'd like to see in the next season is more of that of like problems that guys have, I guess. Oh yeah. Yeah. And it doesn't have to be about good looking, but something like that where it's like you, you just assume because he's good looking that everything's easy for him and it must be so great because girls and, and you see him like at the mall, he's just standing there waiting for her as she like goes to the bathroom or something. And he overhears all these girls talking about him and, Oh look, he's so handsome. Do you think I should give him my number? Oh look, he's so handsome. And you can just tell how uncomfortable he feels. I think in a lot of those romancy type, and again, I'm no expert. I, I don't watch a lot of romance things, but it seems like the ha- the handsome hero type doesn't have any flaws and isn't self conscious, and everything's great for him. But to explore some of why <laughs> why life is kind of hard for them. Mm. No, that's fair. And you, your words reminded me too. Like I've seen it on Netflix, but I haven't watched it. Um, there's uh, another anime called Lookism, and I think it's I think it's a Korean anime, but it's based off this idea that this boy is very much not attractive, and people mistreat him. And then one day he wakes up, and he's in the body of this amazing-looking guy. And everyone treats him differently. So the whole anime, based on like the short clip it that I've seen and like just like the blurb, it looks like it's really talking about how and lookism is huge in Korea in general, um, but how you are treated differently based on your looks. And oftentimes, like you can only c- control your looks to a certain extent. Right. And you're thinking about like there are circumstances that shape also how you look based on the childhood the type of parents you had how strict they were with what you could eat and so this idea that what is our society really based off of and to what extent should looks matter do they matter and how does that impact how people behave toward each other so I kind of wonder how that anime takes that line and kind of portrays that I wasn't sure if I was ready to watch that because I felt like I would get, I felt like it would be like a very powerful hitting anime when I first saw it. And I was like, I I don't have the mental capacity for that at this point in time, but it was very much like something where I'm like, Ooh, that that's probably going to be a really powerful take on this issue. You know, it's interesting. I've been learning about some ideas that were pretty big during the Victorian era in Western society, and that was that your external looks were some kind of reflection of your character. 
So there was mm. actually this guy who made this, he wrote a book and this theory was purported for a while um, of that you could identify criminals by how they looked. And he had sets, a specific set of like facial and features and things that were conventionally not attractive or something that supposedly identified criminals and and also in um there's a lot of writings about how women should not um wear makeup and stuff because if they are good and virtuous then they will look beautiful and if you have to wear makeup or something then it means like you're hiding a bad character basically and so those are western ideas but it sounds like in, in all cultures, we do judge by looks. No, I really hope, you're thinking, we've, we've been trying really hard not to accidentally share spoilers, but also be like honest about what we like about Romantic Killer. And I really would just hope that listeners would give it a shot or check it out. Because it is like, it is a really cool take on just the whole um, romance arc, as we kind of mentioned. And it deals with it in a fun, light kind of premise, especially using like the gaming kind of structure of how do games work and how do they try and like like a dating sim game work. And this component of magic just kind of, well, it makes it fantastical. So like, you know, you're just like, oh, this is so silly. But it's also like dealing with things that are very much prevalent in society and the ideas that we have as a society around romance. Yes, that combination makes for a really magical little show because on one hand, it is absolutely ridiculous. Her, it's so funny, like her parents have to move to America suddenly so that she's left alone so that all of these little romances can happen. And, and you know, her dad just calls one day and he's like, hey, I've been transferred to America. And she's like, but don't you work at the post office? Like, how does that even <laughs> work super ridiculous but then in the same show there's like these really sweet moments of her standing up for her friend who's getting bullied or having really serious conversations uh, with people and it's like oh wow that's real and that's honest and there's some kind of truth in that yes sir bob well thank you ray for uh encouraging me to watch this it was really really good hey i'm glad that you uh enjoyed it as much as i did and i hope that we can get more people to watch it maybe get you that second season you want (laughs) thank you Thank you so much for listening to The Patrick Girl and Friends. Make sure to check out the artwork I make for every episode on Instagram and Facebook. You can support The Patrick Girl and Friends by using the Anchor app. And you can also use the Anchor app to send me random quotes and recommendations that I can use in future episodes.